Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is doing what she does best. As a young girl, she was scolded for talking too much to her neighbors in class. After years of trying to be quiet, she discovered that speaking up about taboo topics is her strength. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. She is a wealth psychology expert who has helped thousands of advisors and clients communicate more effectively about money. Now, listen to Kathleen as she assists today's guest in busting their favorite money myth wide open. Today I'm joined uh, by Brittany Castro, someone that I've known for a number of years and have been incredibly impressed with. So I'm really excited to talk to her about her money myth and how she can bust it wide open. Um, But before she officially joins the call, let me tell you a little bit about what Brittany Castro has been up to. Uh, She's the founder and CEO of Financially Wise Women, a Los Angeles-based financial planning firm whose mission is to teach women and couples in their 30s and 40s the art of managing their money the fun and simple way. She's a certified financial planner, chartered retirement planning counsel, excuse me, counselor, accredited asset managed specialist, entrepreneur, and speaker. Brittany's very busy and she works with busy professionals and creative women and couples who are ready to make their finances work for them and use their money to live the lives of their dreams. That sounds lovely. Uh, And Brittany comes with a lot of uh, media experience Um, over the course of her career. She's become a well-known expert and a go-to resource for national media outlets. She's been featured on CNN, CNBC, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, CBS. In terms of some of the work that she's done specifically with women, uh, Glamour Magazine, Elle and Marie Claire, and then certainly some work that she's done in the financial services industry, uh, being published in Financial Planning, Investment News, and Registered Rep. So I am really excited Um, to welcome Brittany to the show and have her tell you a little bit about her uh, money myth and her work. So welcome, Brittany. Thank you, Kathleen. What a kind introduction that was. Yeah, no, I love what you're up to. And um, certainly a little bit later in the show, we can tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you. But let's delve right into your myth, because I think it's a really interesting myth that you brought to the show today. So can you share that myth with us? Yeah, so my myth is that making money is very hard. And why I think that is a myth is because I feel like that is part of the mindset around money and um, something that we've all been maybe brought up to believe and something that I've really had to work on myself in my own career and financial journey. And why I think it's important to talk about this is because we don't have to kill ourselves to make a living, you know, and it can be something where we make the money we want, have fun with it. Obviously, it is work, you know, there's hard work that goes into it. But this idea that you almost have to suffer and struggle so much to to make money, I believe is something that 
with awareness, you can overcome and actually realize that doesn't have to be the case for yourself and your own journey in, in the financial arena. What a great myth to bring up because we do live in a society that I think is really almost addicted to being yes. busy and being crazed. And, and, and somehow if you're not kind of working like a crazy person, somehow uh, you're not as successful is certainly kind of the vibe or the feeling that I get. Also, uh, I relate to this myth personally, having grown up in an Irish Catholic family where, you know, somehow the message, the underlying message was it's supposed to be really hard. And somehow if you make a lot of money, you need to be somewhat miserable. Um, so I certainly can identify both with what I've observed and, and what I've experienced. Um, but what I'm curious about before we get into how this myth can get in the way for people, let's talk just a little bit uh, and you can comment from your personal perspective or from the work that you do with clients. Um, you know, every myth serves a purpose. Every money script, every thought and belief we have, usually there's an upside and a downside. So when we think about the myth, you have to work so hard for money. What do you see as the upside for yourself or for your clients in believing that? Well, I think what you kind of alluded to it, it's almost like a self validation um, and self-worth. I think as a uh, society, we are addicted to working. <laughs> um, and a lot of people find their identities and worth in the work that they do. And if they're not busy working, then they're not enough of a person. Um, so I think that's part of why the myth continues. Um, I mean, I could see it play out in my own life, um, it's like, well, if I'm not working, then what am I bringing to the table, right? So if I don't catch it, then I could see how, well, I better work more because if I work more, then I'm going to make more money. And, and by having more money, I'm more important or more valuable or more worthy. When in reality, I can tell you from personal experience that that is like a never-ending rat race that you fall into, and it, it doesn't have to be that way. And I've learned, and I still continue to learn, to separate my identity from my work, realize it's part of what I do. I feel grateful that I enjoy my work, but it's not all of who I am, and it's not where my ultimate purpose is in life. Um, so this myth, it, it's so, I mean, we could talk about it in many different angles, but it, it really is something that, um, like you came from like that Irish background, you know, being Latina, my, I think that was part of how I was raised too. Like my, my family, you know, worked hard and they, they had to work hard, but there's also a limit to that, you know, like, um, I think just putting in more hours doesn't make you more effective or efficient or by any means make you more rich or wealthy in life. Um, there's that saying, you know, work smarter, not harder. And I think it's a combination of working hard and having good integrity with your work, but not to kill yourself along the way. So we're, you're really alluding to the fact that it can really get in the way. And so um, for you and your clients, how do you see it getting in the way? Like what are some of the signs or symptoms that you started to notice or you notice in your clients that people who are listening to this podcast can go, oh, you know, maybe I do buy into this myth if, if I'm experiencing these things as well? Well, one, one thing is like, you know, I see, I focus on working with a lot with women and I really do think women um, 
have, this is my personal opinion, have more power, especially with money when they operate from more of their true essence, which is their feminine power. So I'll give you a perfect example. When I know I need to make money, like there's obviously I run a business, I have bills, there's things I got to take care of. Oftentimes, Kathleen, I make that money when I'm not at my computer, when I'm not stressed about making the money, when I'm like taking a lunch date with my girlfriends or maybe even a quick nap, you know, to like relax and, and calm myself is usually when that call comes in or the client comes in or the opportunity presents itself. So I think that is more of my feminine power is to open up, receive and not be in this like stressed out environment where I'm trying to chase the money because I, I used to do that a lot and I still have to catch myself. But when you're in that state of mind, it's almost like that fear-based scarcity mentality, like you're chasing money. And to me, when you're chasing something, it's going to be a constant chase because the money's running. I think money is an energy. And when I'm more calm and open to receiving it, the money comes to me effortlessly. But it takes a lot of awareness and consciousness because that's just one example. And there's so many examples that we might be doing. Like if I send out one more email or I make one more sales call, you know, then it's going to happen. And it's like this fear and scarcity that you're operating in. And I think that is is where, you know, we need to say, okay, how are we going about it? We all need to make money, of course. I'm not saying not to or that it, you don't work. You just sit there. You don't just sit there, you know, but it's like being smarter about it, too. Well, I think you're also, you know, there, there's two things that come up for me. One is, you know, not everybody who's listening in right now is from the financial services industry, but having worked as a consultant in that industry and previously you know, worked in banking, and this also happens a little bit in the counseling field. But certainly there is this energy or this culture of, you know, going after the next sale, getting the next client, growing, 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 growing. That is easy if you are a um, motivated, driven person like you are and like I am to get kind of sucked into. Um, and it sounds like part of that, you know, was your struggle. And I imagine it's the struggle for, for other people. I think the other thing is, you know, if you are working so hard for the money, it just raises a question for me as to then what's your relationship with money really like? Like, you know, is it, it does it feel good? And maybe it does for some people. But when you're chasing it that hard and living in fear and scarcity, my sense is it probably doesn't feel so good or isn't so balanced as it could be. I agree. And I think it's the balance, which is the hardest part, because going back again, I think we, so many of us were, were taught and raised to believe that, you know, we need, we, you know, like money and work is our identity. And so it's really getting clear about that. No, my identity is not work or money. You know, I'm actually... Way be and this is more of the spiritual side, but I'm way beyond all of those things. I do, you know, work to have money, but I'm working to make a living. I'm not working to find my identity. So I think a lot of that's wrapped up in it too. Interesting. So, so when you see a client that walks in the door and you think, uh, this person, you hear in their language, you notice in how they carry themselves, that they buy into the myth you have to work so hard for the money. What advice do you give them or how do you work with that person to help them with that? 
Yeah, well, I'm not, you know, just to be clear, I'm a financial planner, so I'm not a coach or a therapist by any means. Um, so when I work with clients, it is still very much on the tactical side, but like a good example is if I see that in a person and kind of see that they're really struggling to make the money that they want, or maybe they feel like they're working so hard to make the money, one thing I say is like, well, let's just get clear about how much money do you really need and want, you know, in life, in, in your year or in the month. You know, I think a lot of people don't get clear about that, you know. So, for example, maybe you're struggling to make money, but you don't even know how much money you need to make. And especially as a lot of people are becoming self-employed or entrepreneurs, you have to get clear about it. Do you need 3000 a month, 10000 a month, 30000 a month? Like, how much money do you really need and want? And once you're more clear about it, then you can figure out, okay, well, what's the game plan to actually make that happen? You know, how many clients or how many gigs do I need to um, have? If you're a consultant, what does that mean in your packaging and pricing? If you're somebody who has a job, then maybe it's like, okay, well, how do you find a job that's going to pay you that much? You know, what skills do you need to get to go and ask for that raise or, you know, negotiate a higher salary for yourself in order to have the salary that you want and need? So I think, you know, coming at it from more of the tactical side um, is where I focus and I, and I just help clients get clear because so many people just make money, but they don't really ever know how much do they need to support the life that they want and the future goals that they have for themselves. Well, and I think that part is really useful because what you're talking about is being really strategic and really thinking through, okay, if I have this drive to make more and more money and I want to, you know, I, I feel caught up in working so hard to make it then to really become aware or mindful around, you know, what's the end goal for you. And it can be different for different people. I think that's, that's as of great value because you can do coaching around it, but still have to work with, you know, the dollars and cents. I think the other thing is, you know, because you work with a lot of people in their 30s and 40s, and I guess I'm talking more about the 30-year-olds, is, you know, do you notice any generational shift? Uh, do you notice that people who are millennials have a slightly different mindset than maybe um, Gen Xers do? Or do you find that oh. a lot of people struggle with this no matter what their generation? Um, Probably most people struggle with it, but I do think there's a completely different mindset that the 30-year-olds and, um, you know, millennial generation has, and that's really about, you know, so much of the millennial mindset is we watched our parents and maybe grandparents work, you know, 30, 40 years at a company and then retire and then get to do the things that they loved or wanted to do. So they like basically suffered for 40 years, you know, got the pension and then they're like, great, now what? And they're in like a midlife crisis, you know? So I think for the generation that I belong to, we live at an, a time where the economy is different. It's not like it used to be. You go to school, you come out with lots of debt and buying a home is not as easy as it used to be. And, you know, as great as it is to have opportunity to do pretty much any type of work you want and make money through technology and the internet and social media, that's also very hard too because it takes more clarity. And like you said, it takes more of that strategy to figure out, okay, well, what is it that I want to do and how am I actually going to do that? So we do um, tend to think more of, 
you know, a, a work-life balance, not just work for, you know, 40 years and then end up with, you know, a midlife crisis at the end of it. But oh, let's actually do things that we enjoy, find meaning and purpose in our lives, be able to travel along the way, you know, pay off debt, but still save for the future, um, you know, work hard. But obviously, I think it's way more of a balanced mindset that this generation has. So it is it is different. And I think that's why I focus on women and couples in their 30s and 40s, because it isn't the same type of advice like you save in your 401k it's like well a lot of people don't even have a 401k so that doesn't even apply you know you have to teach them how to set up a retirement account because they're self-employed or how do they save for their taxes because they're self-employed or you know how to deal with uneven cash flow and budgeting so it, it's different than it used to be well, and what I like about what you're highlighting is is the idea that it's different and that it may be more balanced um, and that it requires different skills. But the other piece that I guess I often don't really think about that you're highlighting, being a, I would say, the oldest Gen Xer you can be uh, without being a boomer, is that it is different and that there are so many choices. And often when there's so many choices, it goes overwhelming. And what's interesting to me is a lot of times when we talk about millennials and money or millennials and work, uh, um, you know, your generation gets a bad rap as being kind of lazy as opposed to, isn't this great that people are trying to figure out how to balance their lives and live more fulfilling lives. So that's interesting to me. Yeah, I think there's definitely two sides. I mean, I think there is that entitlement and lazy stereotype that is usually common. But also, like you said, it is for all of us. It's harder these days. We're constantly bombarded with all these messages about what we should be doing with our lives, you know, technology and social media and our phones. It's like every day learning how to filter and focus and not get caught up in what everybody else is doing, but figure out what do you want to do and need to do for your own goals, your own life. And, you know, the filtering, I think, is important. I love that word filter because we're bombarded all the time. So they should run classes on instead of how to organize, how to filter. <laughs> I, I really think so, right? Because, I mean, yes. you and I, like running a business, it's like every day I have to focus and filter. What <laughs> what am I doing? What are my goals? And not get, like, sidetracked by the million alerts and emails that are coming through. Right. Everything that seems kind of urgent at the time that in hindsight isn't. Um, so to get back to the myth, I want to just, before we get into how people can find out more about you, I'm wondering if you've figured out um, a reframe or a new way of saying this. So often with a money myth, you have the myth, and then you figure out what's a healthier kind of mantra or statement I can make. So if the myth is you have to work so hard for the money, how do you reframe that for yourself? How do you tell yourself when that myth comes up in your head, something else? But, um I mean, I have a few things that I would say. I would say, you know, with money and mindset and affirmations, one thing you can say is that I deserve the money, right? Because I think so much of it is the worthiness of it. So money, I deserve the money. And when I'm clear and focused, money comes to me easily. Um, and, and, you know, those things alone have really helped me when I'm clear, focused, and relaxed. I'm going to add one. When I'm clear, focused, and relaxed, money comes to me easy, easily. I love that so, reframe. Yeah, that's great. 
Yeah, and it might take it. Look, I think with this kind of work, this is the hard part about it because you and I both know with financial plan that the formula is pretty much the same for everybody, right? You budget, you live within your means, save for the future. I mean, there's not, I mean, there is a very scientific formula to financial planning and success. The hard part is our emotions and our behaviors and our mindset. And without this type of awareness, you can be like struggling just to even figure out the budgeting, right? So that's why you really have to figure out how am I thinking about money? What myths or what um, concepts am I holding on to that aren't mine or that no longer serve me and do the work to overcome them and, like you said, create a new mindset moving forward. Excellent. So you are up to a lot of great work, so I'm going to let you pick which uh, pieces you highlight. But I also know that today you have a special offer for the Breaking Money Silence listeners. So, Brittany, can you tell people a little bit about that special offer and then also uh, where they can find out more about you and all the great work you're up to? I'd love to, Kathleen. Okay, for everybody listening, I have this amazing six-week online course. I say it is the Rosetta Stone for personal finance. So if you're finally ready to get control of your finances, really learn financial planning and strategies that you can use in your everyday lives, then come over to fwwmoneyclass.com and enroll in the course. You can start and you know buy this course at any time. So once you start it, it's six weeks of curriculum. You have lifetime access. You can go faster or slower than the six weeks. It's really a do-it-yourself personal finance course. And for everybody listening, I'm offering $100 off of the course fee. Um, and the promotion code is FWW100, which I know you'll put all that information yes, for them to find it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, so definitely... Get yourself a financial education. I think that's education in general is the best thing you can do for yourself. I think investing in yourself and your education just gives you more tools, more resources to go out there and create the life that you want. And most of us never received a financial education growing up. So this course I created to really be that personal finance one-on-one class for you, but in a fun and um, hopefully simple way for you to digest the information that you need. So that's my money class. I'm doing a lot of great things at Financially Wise Women. We have the money class. We have financial planning services. And I'm the Chase Latina Financial Education Ambassador, which is great because I'm going around the country um, hosting events and speaking with influencers just to spread financial literacy specifically to the Latina segment, which is wonderful for me to connect to that side of who I am, my heritage, and really just continue to spread financial literacy to the masses. So connect with me. You can find all about me on my website, financiallywisewomen.com, and you can follow me on Instagram. So you can see all the behind-the-scenes things that I'm doing, and that's instagram.com backslash Brittany Castro. Awesome. Well, I love what you're up to. And I, while I have not taken your money class, I know through all the videos and different types of uh, multimedia, social media that I've seen that I know it would be fun and engaging. And I have always thought that finance should be more fun 
than it is. So thank you for um, mm-hmm. offering that to my listeners. It may be a holiday gift to a niece and nephew that, uh, that I'm thinking about it coming up in the future from me. Uh, but I love that you were able to join us today and really bust open that myth that we have to work so hard for money and that instead, you know, to really relax and think about how do I deserve or I do deserve that money and how can I work in ways that are smarter. So thank you so much, Brittany, for your time and your insights today and keep up the wonderful work you're doing. Thank you, Kathleen, for having me. It's an honor and I'm just um, grateful to know you. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard, then check out more podcasts at BreakingMoneySilence.com or subscribe on iTunes.com. Need a fun, engaging speaker for your next event? Go to KBKWealthConnection.com and find out how to book Kathleen today. Be sure to share today's show so together we can break money silence for good.